The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like it mixed. It's nice to have you back, Casey, so I don't have to sing this song anymore. But the UFC is also back tomorrow in Kansas City, Missouri, a city where the barbecue sparks, and at least tomorrow, fights inside the octagon will not be hard to find. A pivotal featherweight matchup takes center stage as a former champion defends his high ranking, tries to maintain his quest, his journey back to a UFC title, while a hungry, surging contender looks to earn a title shot and pick up the biggest win of his career. As we welcome you to the UFC Kansas City Preview Show. We are here on MAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining us. My best friend, Alexander K. Lee, will join us in a little bit, so stay tuned for that. We're also joined by the wise wordsmith himself, Shaheen Alshadi. Excited to get his insight on things. And a special guest is joining us for this opening segment. And ladies and gentlemen, he's back by popular demand. He has shared the octagon with both men involved in the main event. And he probably has a glorious tan after spending some time in Miami, Florida, and maybe just being in Boston, because apparently it's 85 freaking degrees there. Let us say hello to Calvin Cater. Calvin, thank you for doing this, my man. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get to this main event, uh, I want to briefly touch on the New England sports scene. And look, we could talk about how great the Celtics regular season was heading into the playoffs. We could talk about how the Bruins could end up as the greatest team in NHL history in a couple months' time. But that's not the big story right now, Calvin. The big story is a man by the name of Rob Font and what he did this past Saturday because you've been in this position before. A lot of people were not giving Robbie Font much of a chance. People are already talking about future matchups for Adrian Yanez on his road to a title shot, kind of forgetting about the path that Rob had taken to get to Miami. He'd been out for a year, and then Rob Font just shows up and finishes Adrian Yanez in the first round and reminded a lot of people about the type of fighter he is and that experience really matters in this sport, Calvin. So your reaction six days later in regards to Rob's big win, his first round finish of Adrian Yanez, and dad Rob Font undefeated. Yeah, how quickly they forget, huh? Uh, I'm in a similar position right now, and it's motivating to see that. And um, I hope my story's going to be similar on the comeback. This isn't my first year year off uh, layoffs, so... Um, it, it was very motivating for me to be a part of that and see him go out and get the W, especially now that you said uh, Papa Font, 1-0, and 
you know, a new myth, new mythical fighter, uh, Papa Font. <laughs> Happy to see him go out there and get that that W. I know it meant a lot to him, especially like you said after the year he's had and um, you know the naysayers and all that. He came out and did what his whole team and everyone that really truly knows him expected him to go out and do, and, and that was to to go get his hand raised and by dominant fashion in uh, first round KO victory. Man, what a, what a fight that was! Did you expect it to to be that quick and emphatic, or did you think Rob was just going to kind of pour it on and and add volume and just kind of pick Giannis apart for a longer period of time? I mean, Giannis is a game dude. Like, we had a lot of respect for him going into the fight, too. You know, I just don't know if it was mutual or if he overlooked him. I know he was kind of calling out other fighters, saying, after this fight, I'm only one more fight away from a title fight, this and that. And, um, you know, it's it's tough, you know, coming up. I hear he's like 5-0 in the UFC, I want to say. Did what he had to do with all the opponents previous to Rob Font, but... Is a, there's levels to it, and uh, and Rob's already been through those levels, and where he's at now, I, I feel like he's the most dangerous he's ever been. It was a massive win for Rob and for the New England cartel, but I, I wanted to have you on to talk about this main event, Calvin. It's a big one for your division. Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. You have shared the octagon with both of these guys. The fight with Arnold was your most recent outing, ended in an unfortunate way, so the fight really never got to get going. We don't know how that would have played out had it continued on, but... Big stakes for this division, Calvin. So when this fight was first announced, how did you react to it? I thought, oh, that's a banger. And in my mindset, I think this was the true interim title fight now that should have taken place over Max. I mean, not over Yair and uh, Emmett, but, you know, Yair did look very impressive in that fight and looked like uh, a guy that was deserving of that opportunity. So shout out, you know, credit to him, but... I think this is the the real number one contender fight right here is between uh, Max and, and Arnold Allen, and as you said, man, with with Arnold, um, it's it's tough to really talk on that one because I feel like the fight ended before it even really got started. But you know, he was slick, his movement, um, you know, you could tell he was sharp. It's just uh, I didn't really get to see that one through. And then as far as Max is concerned, we all know Max. He's you know who he is he's a beast and uh brings it every time i think we all know what we're expecting at this fight is you know this is a, a great one for the fans they're able to put it in kansas city and i'm sure it'll still sell out you know calvin i have to say that this fight in a vacuum i'm very very intrigued i'm very interested it's a tremendous fight i do have trepidations about it for one big reason because it is a super super risky fight for this division because max holloway has fought volkanovsky three times he's zero and three. First fight yes it was competitive but i thought Volk clearly won second fight one of the most controversial fights i can remember in the past few years volk wins i scored it from every time i've watched it but i can obviously see why it's so heavily debated and then the third fight volkanovsky put on a master class and in my opinion is one of the greatest all-time title defenses i've ever seen so the stakes are very high for arnold allen but if Max Holloway wins this fight, Calvin, I feel like the division as a whole, especially up the top, it kind of gets halted in a lot of respects because I don't think Max is going to get a fourth fight with Volkanovski, at least not anytime soon. If Allen wins, everything I'm saying doesn't mean anything. But if he doesn't, it's kind of a tough hang right now. So am I crazy for having these thoughts? Am I being a Debbie Downer here, Calvin? I know you'll tell me the truth. <laughs> No, not at all. I mean, you're speaking the truth. But then again, what if Yair goes out and does the unthinkable and, and beats um, Volkanovski, you know, and then, then it sets up a pretty interesting rematch again where you got Max, who's already beaten Yair, coming in for a, a 
title opportunity and and who knows how that one goes it's really tough to predict these things man and that's what's the beauty about this sport as well it's just anything can happen at any given time and uh, usually when you think it can't that's when it happens i just feel like if yair wins there's just gonna have to beat him again you know what I mean? Like we're, yeah, we're no, living, we live in a world of immediate rematches, Calvin. So, you know, they're going to run that one back. If there's a need for any immediate rematch, it's Volkanovsky getting True. one. So like the best Max can probably hope for is Yair not only beats him once, he has to beat Volkanovsky twice. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm trying to make my return and I'm hopeful for the division and things. And now you're telling me that when I come back, it's going to be a big traffic jam. <laughs> that's not what I want to hear it's not very motivating bro gotta work on that but I hear you you're bringing up great points as far as I'm concerned I get a couple W's I gotta get under my belt anyway but um, no you're 100% right but I think it's a hell of a fight as far as just matchups are concerned what a matchup man Um, a true chest true test for uh, Arnold Allen like I don't know if he's really competed against anybody like like Max up to this point Uh, I would have liked to like I said had our fight go longer but it hadn't and previous to that Max is going to be a, a big test. We'll learn a lot about Arnold Allen in this next fight. We already know who Max is. Max, yeah, yeah, because he's been at the top of this division for a long time, and the, and the man still obviously has the ability to beat most guys at 145. There's no question about that. A lot of people say that although he beat Yair Rodriguez, and, and even in your fight, Calvin, like Max, you know, Max had a great performance, but he took a lot of shots in that fight. He's been taking a lot of shots. He was wearing the 25 minutes with you. He certainly wore the 25 minutes with Yair Rodriguez. And a lot of people feel that your war, your battle with him and then Yair's fight with him, Yair took a piece of Max with him in that fight despite not getting the win. And maybe all these battles, the wars, they're catching up with Max Holloway. While Arnold Allen, 10-0 in the UFC, 12-fight win streak. He seems to be trending in a great direction, hitting his stride at the right time. So this might be a tough question for you to answer, but let's just say... Your phone rings. Arnold Allen's calling you right now. And they said, he says, Cal, AAA here. I need some advice on getting this big win. What would you suggest I do? How should I approach this fight? You were in the octagon 25 minutes with this man. What would you tell Arnold Allen? It's a good question. I mean, like you said, to your point, though, I think we all leave a piece of ourselves in any fight we're in, you know. But, um, yeah, as far as that one's concerned, I, I don't know if you want to listen to my advice, man. I didn't I didn't fare too well in my five rounds, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I did finish that fight the way I started it on my own two feet. And uh, I, I just say bite down your mouth, God, you're in for a tough one. But um, at the end of the day, like you got to go and earn your respect. You know, if, if you let Max run it on you, he's just going to only run it up more and more. So you're going to have to stand your ground like you did and, and, and do your best to back him up and um, you know, I, I'd say pick your shots and mean business when you do, like you've seen Dustin Poirier do, Yair do. Didn't work as well for Yair, but, I mean, he had success when he stood his ground and he just let go some big shots. So, um, you know, and just continue to do what he's always done too. Arnold Allen's been, you know, he's on a tear, like you said. So also don't switch it up now just because you're fighting a tough guy. Like, at the end of the day, you got to put some respect in your name too when you step in there. So that's why it makes this one such a fun matchup, and I'm excited to see it. Like I said, I feel like this is the true contender fight uh over the interim title fight that took place and i feel like this is um gonna prove who's the real number one contender but it's tough that's a it's definitely a uh, a roadblock at the top like you're saying the way that one shakes out with yair and alex and if max wins uh, you know it, it's interesting to see how this all plays out and it's definitely going to be a tough one for sean shelby uh, and the matchmakers at the ufc 
Absolutely. So right now, Max Holloway is the minus 175 favorite. The comeback on Arnold Allen, plus 150. Who gets this done, Calvin? Do we have an official Calvin Cater prediction here? Well, let's go back to last week with Rob Font, plus 160. What the hell? I hope everybody cleaned up on that one. But um, <laughs> aside from that, I take your winnings from last week. And uh, I mean, do you think this one goes to distance? Let's just say that first. I think it does. I, yeah. I, I could be Holloway's so durable and I, I just don't know if, I don't know if Holloway's getting Arnold out of there. I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I feel like this one's at least getting to the championship rounds, but I'd be surprised if this one doesn't go to the cards. I could see maybe Max breaking them in the fourth and fifth in the championship rounds. Maybe, you know, um, I don't know if has, has Arnold really even experienced those rounds much in his career. I don't think so. Rounds four and five. So, I definitely think the longer the fight goes, you lean towards Max. But, um, you know, Arnold's sharp, especially in the beginning. And um, Southpaw, that can be a little tricky. Um, yeah, prediction-wise, man, I, I don't know if I got one. I mean, I would, I would lean towards Max. Yeah, and I'd say in the championship rounds, if I was going to guess, I'd say Max in the fourth and fifth, he's going to uh, take him out of there at some point. But um, I'd be excited to see uh, Arnold Allen – shock the world and once again you know and prove that he's the number one contender i want to get your thoughts real quick uh on the co-main event edson barbosa hold on 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 it's for it's something for us to sit here in our in our living rooms and talk about a guy, fighting a guy like Max and fighting talking about sort of what he brings to the cage and all all of the you know factors that are go involved with it. But you've actually been in there with him, and I mean, this is someone who probably like on the Mount Rushmore of featherweights, right? Like you you put those four up, he's obviously going to be one of them. It's one thing to watch it, but when you're actually inside the cage, is it like is it a different level of just like that pace, that pressure, just the nonstop machine gunness that he sort of brings? Is that something that's difficult to prepare for and actually understand what it is until you're actually in there? I mean, yeah, that's most guys on that Mount Rushmore. You know, there's not too many people on a Mount Rushmore that that training partners can mimic. You know what I'm saying? You try to do your best as uh, as you can, but at the end of the day, there's nothing like stepping in there and squaring off against them. And uh, yeah, with Max, there's a lot we picked up from that. Just as far as definitely the the caliber, the level, it was different. You know, that top top five in the world is just a whole nother level and um every time you step in there against those guys it's like a super bowl two makes the first mistake and then you know the greats will make it one mistake magnify throughout the fight and just make it look worse and worse and worse and uh they get momentum so uh yeah if you if you see max getting off he's he's only going to compound it into uh you know uh, just better he's just gonna look better and better and better and and you know the the, the other guy's just gonna be wearing it more in, in my opinion you know you can't give a guy like that momentum he's just he's too good and um but yeah like i mean it, it's a hell of a matchup man arnold allen starts out fast so maybe you can get into him and, and kind of push back early in the early rounds but i don't think that's enough to break max either you know you might win one two three rounds and then look at how you know Look at how he can perform in those championship rounds where he's had a lot of experience, far more than Allen. So, it's definitely a, a, a interesting matchup, and um, and I see I, I see Max getting it done probably later in the fourth and fifth. 
it's funny because I think the way that we talk about matchups is so different or in fights generally is so different from the way reality almost plays out, right? Because we talk about Max as sort of this veteran, Arnold is this up and comer and there's realistically like only two years of difference in age between them. Like Max is two years older than, than Arnold despite all of this that we talk about. When, when, we, when you're on the other side of it and you, we spoke about it almost with the Rob Font situation of like almost being counted out of like, oh, you know, this guy's had his moment. It's time for the new new blood to come up. Is that motivating just in the, in the camp sense among the team? Like, does that create a sense of energy amongst the team? Like, if you're if obviously you're not on Max team, but just for a team like that to hear, a, I don't know what a year of just conversation of all right, I guess Max's moment is done. That type of thing. Does that become like a real groundswell of of, of energy within the team in a, before a fight like this? Yeah, the greats always find something to be pissed off about, you know, get pissed off about um, being great and, and whether it's you being overlooked uh, because you got this new young young gun coming up and, and they're, they're thinking you're washed up or you've taken too many rounds or you left too much of yourself in, in the fights previous, you know, or if you're the up-and-comer, it's like, man, they don't put enough respect on my name. I'm, I, I mean, what is he now in the UFC? I want to say like 8 or 8 no, and 9 and 0 at least in the UFC or something like that, Alan. I mean, what else you got to do to get some damn respect? It's like, however you got to drum it up, man, you got to get motiva- motivated about something. And um, I think both guys will just feed off both those narratives and bring it in fight night. And, and it'll parlay into just a hell of a fight for the fans. How's the knee, man? How are we feeling? Knee's good. I'm, I'm almost ready to put it into somebody again. I'm excited about it. Um, <laughs> I was getting some team jogs in last week with Rob and the guys. Uh, the weather's really motivating. It's starting to turn. I'm feeling great. The hardest part is really just being patient and pulling back, you know, because you, you feel a lot better than you are. And, um, you know, Rob has had this surgery in the past, so I'm leaning on him, um, having been through it before, and, um, and then just seeing ultimately the way he came back. You know, I expect my comeback to be pretty strong. Like I said, my mindset's right now. Oh, look, they're all forgetting about me. Same thing. I'm finding my same same reasons to get pissed off about, um, you know, and motivated about coming back. And um, I'll be, it'll be interesting to see who they put me in there with next. Not that I give a shit. Nope, you don't. And you know, you know, you know who doesn't forget about you, Calvin? The MMA fighting viewers and listeners. They have been saying, "When is Calvin Cater coming back on? When is he coming back on?" And I know we don't get you for the whole show, but we do appreciate you jumping on. You're a very, very busy man. So thank you for the time. I truly appreciate it, and uh, we'll have to do it again soon, my man. I really appreciate the time. Always looking forward to it. Appreciate you guys, and uh, until the next one, man. But yeah, so predictions again for the fights. I don't know if I got everyone's prediction. I want to be able to carry these receipts into the next one. All right, uh, I'm going Max oh, Holloway. Man. Max Holloway decision. I'll, I'll break it down a little bit more uh, once we get AK in here. But uh, yep. Max Holloway decision will be my pick. Shaheen. Man, I, I was going to have to talk my way through it. I'm not even sure yet. I, I think I'm <laughs> He's not Max there yet. Well. I, I, it's, it's such a tough fight, right? Like, there's so many question marks. But I think, ultimately, it feels silly to write off Max Holloway. Like, he's Max Holloway. He's only 31. Like, it's it seems ridiculous to throw dirt on this man's grave. Like, is, is, as long as he's Max, I think Max wins it. So I, I got Max by decision as well, I think. This is a first. We all agree. <laughs> yes. Well, AK is coming in. I'm sure he'll... <laughs> Well, AK would come in and he'll disagree with everything Calvin says because that's what happened the last time. So (laughs) thanks a lot, my man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Calvin. Calvin Cater, ladies and gentlemen, joining us just as the landscapers arrive here at Casa de Heck. 
because it's oh, which one would be a preview show without it? The timing is just fantastic every time. No matter what time we put the preview show, we hit the landscapers. I love it. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. They were here during heck of a morning, so I'm like, oh, they won't be here. And then now they're cleaning up. Hi, the fans of the show. How are we doing? I'm good. The fans of the show, the landscape, they're watching in the in like in the car. And then as soon as Cater was gone, they're like, all right, boys, let's go to work. Let's get in there. Good. It's good suddenly getting much more handsome out here. Look at this. Oh, stop, stop it. Stop it, Shaheen. Stop it. <laughs> uh, I put up a poll, guys. I kind of, I kind of, I snuck in the door early. I put up a poll. <laughs> oh. Uh, does Max Holloway have another championship run in him? And so far, pretty positive for Bless. I mean, not a lot of votes in so far, but 60 40, 60 40 in favor of yes. Uh, people think, you know, maybe he wins on Saturday and, and uh, puts him one away or. I mean, if people want it badly enough that he's been saying he wants that third fight with Volk as soon as possible. I don't think maybe he didn't say as soon as possible, but he certainly foresees uh, another fight happening. Listen, Izzy, Izzy knocking out uh, Pereira opened up the door for a lot of people. You saw Rob Whitaker earlier this week saying, hey, you know, if, if Izzy could vanquish his demon, maybe I can vanquish Izzy. And uh, Max Holloway also mentioned Adesanya and saying like, listen, he just took him four tries across combat sports to finally get a win. Maybe I can do the same with Volkanovski. I'm pretty, com- I'm pretty confident I can beat him. So... Fans seem to agree. Fans seem to agree. Definitely should not be counting out Max Holloway. Shaheen, you were part of this conversation with with Calvin. Did he give you anything extra to think about here? Uh, Did he add any additional questions that you may have had heading into this one? Because, like I said, the fight in a vacuum is tremendous. Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen, if it's just two dudes fighting, sign me the hell up. It's a very risky fight, like I said, but did Calvin give you anything extra to think about? Or has your burning question about this fight remained the same? No, I mean, ultimately, I think the questions are the same regardless, right? Like, I, Calvin's insight is certainly appreciated. And I think it's interesting to hear from someone who has been in the cage, obviously with both men, but more so with Max, right? Because I, he even said it himself, the Arnold Allen fight kind of ended before it got started because of that injury. But just being, I feel like being in the cage with Max is something that no one on earth can understand until you're actually in it. And he that's sort of what he said too, right? Is just being in with one of the greats. You can, you can prepare all you want. But your sparring partner is not going to be Max Holloway at the end of the day. So you can't really understand what he's about to bring to you. It's just it's always when you have a fight like this where it's that massive level of jump for someone we've been waiting for. Right. Like Arnold Allen has been sort of the dark horse here at 145 for a long time. And we've, we've been waiting to see to let, get him that opportunity for that contender fight. And Calvin was going to be that first. And it didn't end up sort of playing out in a way that was satisfactory. 
but Max is just such a big jump. And I've been on a, I'm on, I'm on the Arnold Allen train from the beginning. I've been saying from from jump that this guy is going to be fighting for titles and ultimately will hold the title at some point. It's just tough when that opportunity comes against Max, who I feel like this entire sport has more or less written off in a way that feels very premature, right? Like this is ultimately him and Robert Whitaker are probably the two pinnacle non-champions that we have in the UFC throughout the whole entire organization, right? And Max is probably, I would even put him above of Robert Whitaker in that sense. Like Max, I said it already on this show, but he's on the Mount Rushmore of, of featherweights. Like he's either number two or number three, depending on how you want to slot him. And like, he's only 31. Like we talk about Arnold Allen as this young up and comer who's about, who still hasn't had a chance to have his moment. He's 29 years old. He's basically the same age as Max. The way fight years works out, obviously those are two very different, 20, 29 and 31. Those are very different from each other because of the the careers but regardless like they're basically the same age i have so many questions about what kind of max is coming into this what how, how what kind of max we still have left what kind of like how much runway he still has left in this career but also just how motivated he is right now and i don't know seeing him on media day see he doesn't do a lot of media so we, it's rare to see him talk and seeing him at media day it felt like was someone who's very focused, very aware of everyone writing him off. Also kind of going with a clean shaven look that we haven't seen from Max <laughs> in a really long time. Kind of threw me off. I, was, I wasn't sure when I saw the thumbnail, I wasn't sure is this Max Holloway. Uh, so I, I have so many questions, man, because ultimately Max Holloway, again, he is that dude. And in a world where Alexander Volkanovsky does not exist, Max Holloway is probably the longest reigning champion we have seen in a long, long time uh, in the UFC. So it's just tough to write a, off a guy like that, even – as someone like me, who I've been so high on Arnold Allen for so long, it's just such a massive level jump. I, I'm so I have so many questions that I, I, I think uh, I, I can't wait to be answered on Saturday. AK, your thoughts on the matchup? What What are some of the big questions you have about it? Yeah, I don't I don't know if, if people are so much counting out uh, Max. I think some of it uh, there is a lot of that chatter for sure, um, but I think there's also people want to give their credit to to Arnold Allen. I think people want to view this as him finally getting his moment where he, uh, for lack of a better phrase, you know, stamps his name as the as the number one contender. Again, some people would argue he's done enough work already. He's 10, 10 straight wins in the UFC. He has to win 11 straight fights uh, to get a featherweight title shot. That's, that's just kind of how things have shaken out for him. But Saturday is really, really important for him because it, it feels like he's been robbed of uh, of kind of not robbed, but maybe not being getting his credit for uh, uh, you know finally knocking off some of these top guys. Because listen, he was on a good run before the Dan Hooker fight. He's got good names on there. Gilbert Melendez is on there. Sadiq Yusuf, great name, um, but he was missing sort of a signature moment. He fights Dan Hooker, gets that moment. But a little bit of that win is sort of about like why was Dan Hooker even coming back down to 145? Uh, he's not he's not a top 10 feather. You know, huge huge win for Arnold. Great job in London. But I don't recall too many people saying, well, that's the win that makes him the number one contender. Then he gets the Calvin Cater fight. Perfect. We were we were all saying that's a great matchup for him after the Dan Hooker fight. He beats Calvin Cater. It's got to be in line for a title shot. Unfortunately, it ends with an injury. You know, maybe he was going to be on his way to winning that fight anyway. I don't know. Calvin Cater is super tough. It's unfortunate. Hopefully they get to run it back in the future. But as it is, that was almost like an, an incomplete grade for Arnold, Arnold Allen for that performance. So that's two fights in a row against, against really, you know, uh, well-known veteran guys. And he doesn't quite get the full credit for winning, right? Because it, it's sort of about what happened to the other person. So this is his chance on Saturday. Again, maybe it gets overshadowed if he wins, and then people it's just it becomes oh, is Max over the hill? Uh, you know, would Arnold Allen? You know, he wouldn't have beaten him like three years ago. Blah blah. blah. 
it's possible that it happens too, but I think this is his best shot to really, really, no matter how he wins, I don't care if we, it is like an off performance from Max Holloway. Arnold Allen is clearly a top five featherweight, clearly deserving of a title shot. So all, all, all he has to do is win. Um, let's just hope we get it. We get a, a fun fight, uh, you know, as, as it happens. But um, I think, I think regardless of the narrative around how shop worn Max is, um, a win is finally going to give Arnold Allen his credit and he should not have to fight again uh, until he gets that title shot. Yeah, I think this is, I think most of the questions are on the Arnold side right now. I think, I mean, look at the betting odds. Betting odds are clearly with Max Holloway right now. Most people think, I don't know. This is like, this is why a lot of people felt this fight was kind of unnecessary because Max is, like you mentioned, it's kind of like the Robert Whittaker of the division. And what Max does is when he gets these opportunities, Max knocks them down. And then we're like, oh, now who's going to be the number one guy? And that's what, like, the only bummer about this fight for me because if Matt is if Max wins, then we're like, okay, now what are we going to do? Luckily, I feel better about it now, Shaheen, because we do have Ilya Taporia versus Josh Emmett in June, five round fight. So at least I feel a little bit better. We have something in place, and that fight's going to happen before Volkanovsky fights Yair. So I do feel a little bit better about that. But with Max Holloway, Shaheen, like, what if he, like, if he goes out there and wins this fight, which I am picking him to do, it seems like at least for right now, you're picking him to do. What happens? Does he just kind of wait for, like, if Ilya beats Josh, does he just do Ilya versus Max? Or does Ilya get the title shot if Volk wins? Like, this is my, like, this is my trepidation about the fight to begin with. Like, if Max wins, what happens? So I'll ask you that question. If Max wins, what happens? I mean, that's tough because I have season tickets to the Ilya Taporia train. So, like, if you were asking me, I, I, I would give him the title shot if he wins. Like, I just want this man to be fighting in this title picture already. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm as much of a, a doomsday person when it comes to Max in this division right now as some people, because I still feel like there is very much a world out there where Max Holloway can end up being a UFC featherweight champion again before all of this is over. We've, we've talked about it. How He's only 31. I know that's an old 31 in fight years, but he is still only 31 and he's only given us good performances. We haven't really seen a dip yet in, in regards to his skill set and the way he's knocking off these these challengers. We say it a lot of times, and we've seen it a lot of times over the past year. The hardest thing to do in MMA is to defend your title over and over and over again. And every time we think we have an unbeatable, un- invincible champion, like an Alexander Volkanovsky, eventually someone comes off, comes along and knocks them off, and a lot of times it's the person we don't expect. Is that Yair Rodriguez? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Like Yair looks like he leveled up five levels last time we saw him against Josh Emmett. He looks like someone who could be primed for a big historic moment like that. But also, you just mentioned there's Ilya Taporia in this division. There's Mozar Evloyev. There are new names coming up at 145, and at some point, the, the run of Alexander Volkanovsky is going to run out. He is older than Max Holloway. He's 34. We've seen time and time again, historically, older, like mid to late 30s in the, the lighter weight divisions. Anything below lightweight, there is just not a long shelf life on that. Like what Alexander is doing now is somewhat historically unprecedented by continuing to improve and evolve and look as good as he does as old as he is. So at some point, Alexander is going to lose. And Max has a little bit of, uh, of leeway here in terms of the ages. And again, the, the runs, he's younger. He he can outweigh Alexander Volkanovsky. And it's, it wouldn't be crazy to me if by the end of the year, Alexander Volkanovsky has gotten knocked off by whether it's a Taporia, Yair, somebody, 
And then if Max Holloway wins this fight, he is that guy, right? He is what Robert Whitaker was going to be if Pereira had beaten at Asenia on Saturday. Like Robert Whitaker was going to be that next up in line because he had waited and taken his time and just, you know, waited patiently for his opportunity. That feels like exactly where Max is right now. And if, if you know, this comes to fruition, I could not, I would not be stunned if Max Holloway is competing for the UFC featherweight title by, you know, next year. Like it, this, this is a big, big fight for both men. And it feels like we're at a, a really interesting point in this division where the new guard is about to come up. The new guard is about to enter this conversation. And at some point, the end comes for Alexander Volkanovsky's title reign. I wouldn't be shocked if it's somewhat soon. AK. Max yeah, Holloway, I, the favorite. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, please. Well, let me. I, the only thing is the age thing, though. Is it's I always, you know, you kind of have to view people in their MMA years, right? In their fight years, and in in fighting years, Max is technically a bit older than him. He he started his career a couple of years earlier, and he's been facing super super high level competition for longer. So I I don't know. I don't know if um if I necessarily agree that Volkanovski is gonna sort of like the you know the clock's gonna gonna run out on him sooner. I'm just looking at I'm just looking at this now. In Max's fifth pro fight, he fought Dustin Poirier, which sounds completely insane now when you mention it. And uh, Volkanovski was fighting some guy named Luke Kachubig. Luke Kachubig. That can't be a real name. Uh, Luke, if you're out there, I hope you're doing okay. Or if you're a bad person, I hope you're not doing okay. Kachubig. Yeah. Cat you big, <laughs> Luke. Cat you big. But my point is, uh, Max is a little started his career a little bit earlier, and also has been fighting at a much higher level for longer. So I, I, again, we, we probably shouldn't be using the word shopworn. I see some people in the comments, you know, saying like shopworn. Why is he shopworn? He's performed well. He hasn't looked like washed, and and it's very very true. But um, I think the clock is around at the same time for both of them, as far as like how much tower, how much sand they have left in the hourglass, if you want to use another uh, a time comparison. So. Uh, yeah, I, I do think there's a there's a world where um, neither of these guys are at the top like the same time next year. I just don't know if it's necessary like, oh, Volkanovski is going to peter out first. But um, it is fascinating, though, to, to look at where these guys are at their careers right now and how how, uh, yeah, they might not be super far off because um, we do know, again, Max only loses to him. So and doesn't worry, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the age thing is interesting because Max, what? He's 20. He's 31. 31. But it's He's a got hard that island 31. blood, though. He's got. He that does have that blood. island blood. He does have that. It's a hard thirty-one. That's a hard thirty-one. He's a thirty-one-year-old yeah. who fought Conor McGregor, fought Dustin Poirier twice. He's beaten <sighs> Cub Swanson, Charles Oliveira, Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas, which at the time meant a lot. Anthony Pettis, Jose Aldo twice, who is the greatest featherweight of all time. Brian Ortega, Frankie Edgar, Calvin Cater, Amazing. Yair Rodriguez. He's fought Volkanovski three times. It's insane. This is just what a it's resume. An insane a lot experience. of five round fights. Yeah, seven straight, seven straight five round fights right now. Seven straight five round fights for Max Holloway. They, they make them island boys different, man. They really do. It's an unreal Damn. run. Absolutely. So, AK, will that experience play a factor in this fight? The betting odds are suggesting so. Max Holloway is the favorite, minus 175. Come back on Arnold Allen, plus 150 AK. How does this thing go? How does it play out? Yeah. What happens? And uh, topology is pretty in line with that as well. Uh, 67% Holloway, maybe a little bit higher. I guess maybe they're favoring him a little more, but actually it's not, that's not too far off from the, uh, from the listed odds you just mentioned. So I'm leaning towards Arnold Allen. Uh, part of it is I think he's due. Part of it is maybe the, I just want to see a, you know, a new blood. I want, this, I want this matchup to have a meaning because, as you mentioned, Mike, you and I have discussed – we've discussed with everyone – 
on a bunch of shows that if Max wins, it really like it's great. Listen, we love Max Holloway. Super exciting. Great to see uh, uh, the former champion still excelling, knocking off contenders. But he's knocking off a contender who we like and who makes a lot of sense as someone to challenge for a UFC title. Um, so, yeah, what does that do to the state of the division? It's probably not great. So I, I may just be fatigued with uh, Max knocking off a contender. It could be part of that. Because um, in my heart, like I know – I know Max Holloway is a better striker than Arl Allen. I, I know this. I'm aware of this. I'm aware of this. But again, this is the mixing of the martial arts. Uh, I trust Arl Allen to have a few tricks up his sleeve. I know he can go a good five rounds. I know he hasn't. Again, he has zero five-round fights to Max Holloway's seven consecutive five-round fights uh, against the best of the best of the best competition. This may pan out, Mike, like your Rob Font, Adrian Yanez, com- uh, com- you know what happened with them last week, though. Again, Arnold Allen has faced some pretty good competition. So I am leaning towards Allen by decision. Su- highly, highly competitive fight. I think the slight youth advantage, I think the athletic- slight athleticism advantage is going to go a long way. Uh, we could be headed towards controversy, too. I have a feeling that whoever wins, I, I don't know if it's going to be clear cut. So I'm going Arnold by decision with some uh, – possible robbery review coming uh in the next 48 hours <laughs> oh wow. that's spicy. maybe i don't know i hope not i hope not i i love AK writing predicting those, I his own column it's possible I've, i'll get the draft ready just in case just, this, is a, this is a good matchup you know that Real happens quick. arnold wins right like that's an arnold out with the with the sort of luck he's had and you know all the doubts and all the questions like if that happens arnold's gonna win no, right. you with his luck, I think that would be him losing, and then in a fight that everyone thinks he won, well, that feels like an Arnold <laughs> Allen thing. Or if he or he wins, and it's just like, well, I don't think he won. He doesn't get the credit for the win because most people thought Max won. So maybe he has to deal with that. Kind of like the Cater one, like doesn't feel like a win in a lot of respects because we, the fight never really got going. But that's not a here well, so there. What are you going to say, Shane? Let me let me just throw this out there because that would go towards what we were just saying. When do you guys think, without looking it up? Maybe you've already looked it up, but I hope not. When do you think the last time Max Holloway lost a featherweight fight that was not against Alexander Volkanovsky? How how far back do you have to go? It's Connor, right? When do you think that was? 2014? It was 2014, right? 2013. Oh, yeah, because I was there. It was either 13 or 14. 10 years. I was there for that fight. 10 years. A decade. We've gone a decade now with Max Holloway cleaning out this division to the point where the only person he's lost to in this entire division is Alexander Volkanovsky. Sure, he's lost three times, but that is nuts. That is absolute nuts. That is what Arnold Allen is up against this weekend to do something that no one other than the champion has done over the past decade to Max Holloway at this division. That's impo- That's daunting, man. That's a daunting task. And Shane, I'll let you kind of dive into your pick, but I've, one thing Calvin said I thought was really interesting was – you cannot let Max Holloway get cooking. You cannot let a little <laughs> snowball roll downhill and turn into just this giant avalanche of destruction because when Max starts to flow, it's very tough to beat this man. It's very, very tough to beat this man when he starts flowing. In fact, I don't think anybody could beat that man when he just gets off and running. And Volkanovsky did a nice job being able to slow that down a little bit. Can Arnold Allen slow that down, Shaheen? Has your... Have you talked yourself into changing your pick and why? Yeah, we Calvin is a great example of what happens when Max does get cooking, right? Because Max puts on one of the greatest highlights we've seen in the last like four or five years with the I'm the best boxer in the UFC baby sequence. Like that's just that whole fight is a perfect example of what happens when, when you let the snowball roll down the hill too much. 
I just can't pick against Max, man. This is ultimately where I keep coming back to. I, I, I've, it's so difficult for me because I am such a believer in Arnold Allen, and I would pick him against almost everybody else in this division. If he was fighting Alexander Volkanovsky, I, that would be a tough fight for me. I'd probably pick Volk, but it would be a harder fight to pick to me than this. I just, I just can't pick against Max for some reason. It, it just feels silly to write him off at this point in his career when we haven't seen examples of why we need to write him off, right? Like you can't beat Alexander Volkanovsky. That's tough, but a lot of people can't beat Alexander Volkanovsky. I go Max. I won't be stunned if it's Arnold because I do th- believe in his potential. I believe in his talent. I think he's going to be that guy by the end of his career before this is all, all said and done. Maybe this is the moment. Maybe it's the next time around. Uh, but I gotta, I gotta lean Max until he, Max gives me a reason not to. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Max, and, and I'm not saying this because I don't believe in Arnold Allen. I think he's, I think he should probably be fighting for the belt. Like he should be the man in waiting, fighting for the belt. But not what happens. He could get there by beating a guy like Max Holloway, and I mean, if he beats Max, there's no doubt about it. He's next in line. I just don't know if he can win three out of five rounds against Max Holloway. I mean, he's got to be perfect to win this fight. He's got to be perfect. And Max has been through the five-round wars many, many times. And who knows? Maybe that could be to his detriment and maybe to Arnold's advantage. But until I see otherwise, Arnold Allen needs to win. He probably needs to win the first three rounds in order to win a decision here. Because I I agree with Calvin. I think Max can get cooking down the stretch. We saw it in the Sodique Yusuf fight. Arnold started to slow down a little bit in that third round. That gives me a little bit of cause for pause. Not so, and Arnold's in tremendous shape. The dude is a machine. His whole family's a bunch of machines. But I just feel, I feel like Max is going to be able to, like, to get going maybe by the third round. And even if Arnold wins the first two rounds, I think Max starts to cook then. And if he starts cooking at all, it's just a downhill run for him. It's just a downhill sprint. So I do think this fight is competitive, but I will go with Max Holloway to get it done over the five rounds. 48-47, maybe a 49-46. But I think Ar- it's one of those fights where Arnold his stock will rise. We'll be like, damn, he's, he's legit. It's kind of like the song, Yudong, Corey Sanhagen type of thing. Maybe not to the extent where he gets finished and there's a doctor stoppage, but we left that fight being like, damn, song, Yudong is pretty damn good at fighting. He just couldn't beat Corey Sanhagen tonight. And I kind of feel like we're going to have the same kind of feeling with Arnold and Max just kind of does what Max does. I think this, uh, this road continues on. So it's real, quick, be all the fight. real quick before we move on. Because the people come to the MMA Fighting Preview Show for these reasons. For the facial hair breakdown. The ma- the clean-shaven Max. What do we think of this? Is this a positive going into this fight? Is this a negative? Is this impact? His- is this going to make him fight better, fight worse? Do you, ha- do you like the, the clean-shaven look? It's very bizarre on Max, I got to say. I loved it. I like it. I was, yeah, I was, I was it. throwing off. I was like, man, anyone who thinks this guy, he's just like any, anyone who says I'm, I'm too old and I'm washed. Look at this baby face. He looks like he's 23 years old right now. It's insane. He's throwing it back. He's throwing it back. That's, that, that does it. That does make me rethink now my, my call on the fight, but I will, I will go with, uh, it'll be a close one. Uh, the, the facial hair making it all the more competitive or the lack of facial hair, excuse me, the, uh, the, uh, baby face. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a great look for him. It's always good to, listen, it's always good to mix things up uh you know we we all know we all know how how a how a nice like little i don't know shaving or whatever or new shirt or something can kind of change your mentality listen he's coming off like we said that last loss of volkanovsky he's got to kind of put that behind him put put that whole really trilogy behind him for now and just kind of treat this as a new fresh run at 145 uh which again according to our voters uh 58 percent i'll end the poll now 58 percent 
think that he has another championship run in him. So maybe it starts with a clean shave. I think the next poll is about the facial hair. I think that's perfect. I think <laughs> it will triple the votes. Triple the votes from the last poll. Uh, Max Holloway, babyface. Is this uh, a new mythical creature at this point in 2023 in, in mixed martial arts? Look, at, Look that. at that. Look at that. It's tremendous. Look at that, man. It's outstanding. So it gets the mustache bets going. You and Casey, AK. Mustache bet for this fight. <laughs> oh, what? Like, can, can, can I grow one? Is that the bet? Is because Casey shaves. If he loses, if you, if you, if you lose, you grow. No one wants that. I kind of <laughs> want that. Casey, who are you picking? Who are you picking? Are you picking Max? Oh, see, that's what I put him on the spot, uh, Mike. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't make a mustache bet if he's picking Arnold yeah. Allen. I did pick Arno out of decision. <laughs> What's well, going on? Yeah, that's tragic. We'll, that's tragic. we'll keep this mustache bet in mind yeah. for for future preview shows. Uh, I I do want to touch on the co-main event, uh, and we'll talk about some other fights as well. Shaheen, Edson Barboza, and we talk about resumes. This guy's strength of schedule might be the most insane I've ever seen in the history of this. Read story. it off. Read it off because it's uh, crazy. People don't realize how crazy it is till you till you hear it. I mean, it's the last eight years of this dude's career is just unbelievable. So I'm scrolling down to boom from April, 2014, Donald Cerrone, Evan Dunham, Bobby Green, Michael Johnson, Paul Felder, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez, Benil Dariush, Habib Nurmagomedov, Kevin Lee, Dan Hooker, Justin Gaethje, Paul Felder again, Dan Ige, Makwan Amir Khani, Shane Burgos, Giga Chikadze, Bryce Mitchell. That's an Jeez. order, people. That's an order. Those are the last hour many fights that was in order. And before that was Danny Castillo, which in December of the 2013, that would fit right into the to this puzzle here. This is a resume of resumes. This is a murderer's row, strength of schedule. I don't know if it gets any tougher than Edson Barboza in the history of the sport. He's taking on another tough guy, Billy Corintillo, action-packed fighter, fan favorite. Man, this fight's great, Shaheen. This is a great co-main event. Two featherweights who love to strike and make the fans happy. What else can we say about this fight? This is, it's glorious. And this is like a step, and this is a tough-ass fight. This is a tough-ass fight for Edson Barboza. This might be the, like, the biggest step back he's had, and I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way about Billy Cornell because he's a tough SOB, but we just listed off the, the names that this guy has fought over the last nine years, and now he's fighting Billy Corintillo, which is somehow a step back compared to these guys. Mike, Mike that list yeah. included two UFC champions, two interim UFC champions, and a former Strike Force champion. That's, a, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's not, not bad. bad. <laughs> you, that entire, what, nine-year runway and the worst name on there is Makwan Khani, and then the second worst name is what? Like Evan Dunham. Dunham. And Dunham was really good. Even and Evan know. Dunham was really good. Shane Burgos? Like, come on, man. That's a crazy, crazy run. And also, you didn't even mention the results because there's a lot of, like, good performances in there. There's a win. There's a knockout win over Benny Dariush, wins mm. over Pettis, Melendez, Hooker, Felder, Green, like – Barboza is just one of those guys. Like this is, we we say it all the time, but this is why damn they were good. Our, our buddy Jed Mashu created that show to mem to memorialize guys like this. Who I think none of us at this point probably expect Edson Barboza to go win the UFC title. But like that's a hell of a career. That dude gave us so many different moments over the course of it. Uh, you absolutely love to see it. 
the fact that he has just been able to thrive in this in this maybe not thrive but survive and do well and be competitive in this featherweight division continues to amaze me because i really i like i never ever believed that this guy would be able to make it at featherweight he was such a massive lightweight it seemed like there were he couldn't possibly have 10 more pounds to cut on that body like he he was already just shredded up and it looks like if anything he should go up in weight and the fact that he's been able to cut down to 45 be competitive and have a lot of really good fights with these guys speaks volumes to his discipline and just who he is as a person as, as a fighter and as an athlete right because that's just an incredible feat to do at his stage in his career and then billy cordell dude's been dude's been through it man like he's he's giving us tough fights bangers every time out i love this you know this is just gonna end up being fight of the night like this is one of those that when the matchmakers made it they kind of like leaned back a little bit and was like yeah that's a good one they're gonna like that one uh so i absolutely love it i think this is gonna be a really fun one yeah billy q called for that fight after the alexander hernandez win and they were just like oh thank you billy this is a great idea we're just gonna go ahead and do that ak your thoughts on this co-main event because it is just delightful this 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 card's a featherweight delight. We've got that with that. We'll talk a little bit later. I guess about like low key bangers, but we might have to not have time to mention like Bill Algio, TJ Brown. Also, a really fun fight potentially. So, featherweight is great. We 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 listen. We prop up the bantamweight division all the time because I always feel like it's maybe not always getting the love it deserves. People know featherweight. I mean, it's right up there with lightweight. It's like it, it's it's just it's just always like great action it's it's just great names I, I can't even speak right now i'm so excited about this matchup so uh yeah i, I love uh <laughs> i love the main event i love edson barbosa uh versus billy Quarantillo. i i don't know where to go with it again i, I this one i i haven't uh, put quite as much thought into the matchup yet i again i probably lean younger i think people have seen that with a lot of my predictions i'm usually going to lean towards younger fighter uh less uh you know less battle damage but man uh, and this was brought up by uh, the uh, no bets bard crew Billy Quarantillo is not like a super great defensive fighter. Uh, so if people are looking for an action fight or a highlight reel knockout, it could really go either way. There's a very good chance that one of these guys is getting got. There's a very good chance that one of these guys is, or both guys, say, are just like messed up after a three-round scrap. So uh, let, let, give me a second to, to make a pick here. I'm oh, we don't even have to make a pick. That's it, proposal. Edson yeah. Barbosa is not that guy to fight if you're not you're not able to shore up your defense too. Like that's that man will that's take what advantage. I'm saying. I feel like Quarantel should be able to get him first, but man, if you if you're getting hit by Edson Barbosa, you're not going to last long. You're not going to last long. That's just he just you know these kind of slugfests generally go in his favor. Some of the split decisions he's lost, I thought that uh, I thought that Barbosa got the better of it. Uh, those those recent split decision losses. So I don't know. I think I don't think this one goes to the cars, but man, I'm I'm having a tough time figuring out who comes out on top. Just saying. Edson's the 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 dog here, plus one fifty. Billy Q minus one seventy five. So if you're looking for a sprinkle somewhere, what's, Mike, can you look up a, a line real quick? I would love to. I would love to. What's Edson? What Edson by KO TKO. Ooh, I will look that up right now. I will look that That's, up right now. A and little as surprising a, to me that he's the dog in this. All right, fight props. Let's see. What did we What did we just see on Saturday? Right. What was the theme of Saturday? Experience, experience matters. matters experience matters let's see where i have we it i have it i have you it. have thank you ak thank you so much uh what, we, what is it never never bet never first of all hashtag never bet on mma but if you do please use DraftKings. uh use the promotional code the mma hour again don't do it but if you must uh edson barbosa plus 450 to win by ko pretty big long shot wow not, 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 yeah that's high odds plus 450 so if you guys think Barbosa is going to win, I think picking a knockout is 
not a bad bet. Billy Q is pretty tough, though. He's pretty tough to put away. He's pretty tough, but Edson Barboza is Edson Barboza, right? With those knees and with the kicks and everything. I don't know, man. That seems like I'd, I'd sprinkle. I'd sprinkle a little bit on that. If I, was, <laughs> if I was able to bet. Never bet, but if I, if I did. Never bet. bet. Don't bet. A little sprinkle. Yes, we also have Dustin Jacoby, Azamat Merzakhanov, Iwan Kuchulaba taking on Tanner Bozer, a.k.a. the Canadian. Tanner Bruiser. Tanner 203 Bruiser. 203 pounds, 203, look, looking shredded. Sensational at the scale. I know he's been on Instagram. He's looked, he's, listen, Instagram photos have been great too, but seeing him at the scale, hitting the hitting the bodybuilder pose, yo, that that is, he looks completely <laughs> different. He looks completely okay, I haven't looked at this up yet. I didn't realize he looks he like he looks like two look he looks like two inches taller too. I know that's not I know he's not, I know that's not possible, <laughs> but it's I don't know. It's like vertically, he's just got a new look to him. So I that's that's gonna be a, a listen, any fight with uh Yuan Kuchalaba is unpredictable. So don't listen to me saying like I think Bulls are gonna like necessarily run through him because again, Kuchalaba something always weird has with this guy's fight, something weird, some some controversy. Um, but generally they also end in a finish. So, uh, that'll be a fun one, one way or the other. And, uh, if you guys, if you're going to a bodybuilding contest, I mean, I don't know how you can't like, not like, uh, Tanner Bozer, not that, uh, not that Kuchalaba is any kind of slouch, by the way. Tanner Bozer with abs. Look at this. He looks, oh my God, I was not ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> he looks powerful. That's everybody. Where has this been? <laughs> He was used to get mad when people asked him about cutting a 205. And he did. I remember we were just that. Looking out for it. We were just looking out for the man. <laughs> Look at this guy. He looks tremendous coming off the bus now. I think his head shrank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, also, we have Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez in this card. And look at that guy. I mean, that looks like a different. Like not a, yeah, he doesn't even look the same. Those are Without muscles. the mullet and the guys. beard. Those are muscles. My goodness. Impressive. Sorry to objectify you if you're out there, Tanner Bozer, but congratulations on you know on the the, the weight loss. You look fantastic, and and uh, hopefully get yourself a get yourself a W on Saturday. Yes, uh, Munoz Gutierrez. Main card opens with Clay Galita versus Rafa Garcia. I'm just gonna say one thing: we're not gonna do a low key banger because there's only one answer to this question. And I'm gonna get on a soapbox for a minute, just for a moment, and I'll let you guys go on. Uh, Sheen, I'll start with you. What is the deal with this promotional malfeasance that is going on in this card? How in the hell? And normally I will find a way to justify it because I, at the end of the day, Bowdoin doesn't like make me as upset as most people. But in this case, I have a big problem with Brandon Royval versus Mateus oh, Nicolau yeah. being buried on the prelims. Like it's not even the featured prelim. Are you kidding me right now? This should be the co-main event. And I, no disrespect to Edson Barboza versus Billy Corintillo tremendous fight you could put that anywhere on this main card and people are just going to be very excited for it zippity doodah it's tremendous but this is two two top five guys this is probably a number one contender fight this is probably a title eliminator at least someone's getting in like a leg up on manel cop unless outside of him fighting davis and but how is this in the prelim shaheen like the people have been screaming from the rooftops like how dare you put this on the prelims the ufc is like eh what are we doing here? How is this not on the main card or at least the featured prelim? This is unbelievable. 
I'm sorry, Mike. I'm having trouble hearing you and listening. And also my internet seems to be crapping out just because of the the idea. Look at all these Tanner Bozer photos. Like looking at thinking the idea of Tanner <laughs> Bozer, future light heavyweight champion has just ruined my internet. It's like my my whole everything going on in my house right now has, has gotten gotten awry because of this. No, I mean, you know exactly what it is. It's the continued disrespect that we seem still seem to get for the flyweight division despite the fact that at this point we have proven over and over again that flyweight is one of the most fun divisions out there flyweight unders is a thing for the for a reason you talk about the no bets bar crew like they they championed this they brought this into the mainstream flyweight unders baby easiest bet in sports and also it's it's funny too because like brandon roy val is just entertainment right like any brandon roy val fight should just be a main card fight no matter what Unless like it's the most stacked pay per view ever, like you're gonna you should, you're gonna want to tune into a Brandon Roy Bell fight. That fight's gonna be tons of fun, and it's very very meaningful. It's probably the most meaningful fight on this entire card outside of the main event, uh, just in terms of the grand scope of the divisions and what things mean. The fact that it's just buried on the prelims is just same old, same old, right? I, do, I don't get it. I don't get the continued disrespect towards this division when this division has just consistently shown through time and time again. And also this division just has a really fun, likable champion right now. Like we should be trying to make his challengers feel as big as possible. Uh, and it's like you said, this is probably a number one contender fight or at least somewhat close to it. Like this should be the co-main event. And it's not really a discussion. Like I don't know why it isn't. AK, your thoughts. What are we doing here? Can you defend this in any way? Listen, uh, I don't know if you saw his tweet. Our, our, our pal, Aaron Frosted, our man who works for TSN, he, he kind of had an explanation for it. Some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. So his four points were, uh, well, because uh, assuming people have been discussing the card placement of this fight, which I think there has been some discussion of it, but I don't know if that replaces just good old-fashioned, like, you know, promotional uh, main card advertisement. Anyway, he's saying people have been talking about it, which draws attention to me a fight. It reminds people to watch the fight. Okay. Uh, makes yes, people tune in. That's silly. Makes people tune into the card at the time the fight airs. It's, I, no, I started segment. Yes. No, and then and, and then he also said it maximized viewership for a longer chunk of the card. I, I think there's some case he made that's you know more hardcore fans will tune in. Actually, hardcore fans usually just tune in from the first. Hardcores are going to watch it regardless. The only people talking yeah. about it are the hardcores. Like That's, hardcore, like yeah. the people who are going to watch it anyway are the ones who are upset that this is this fight is so low on yeah, the card. Yeah. You put That's it at a the, higher card placement because more people are going to tune in towards the end of the card, just generally yeah. for any of these shows. These shows pick a up more, viewers and gain steam throughout. That's that's yes. how this works. And I just, I, it's a more casual audience too. There's there's a, there's definitely a large segment of people who will say, "Oh, when does the main card start on ESPN?" Because the prelims are on ESPN Plus, so there is a large portion that's just like, "Oh, when does the UFC start on ESPN?" Oh, eight thirty. Okay, that's when I'm tuning in. I'm not logging into ESPN Plus to watch whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah, there's a much more casual audience out there who's like, "Oh, who's on the six fight main card?" And they don't see those names up there, and it it does diminish them. It does diminish them. We have we have said multiple times, Gene, you started off your your uh, the segment by saying. This is how they have always treated the flyweight division. They've always and then they and then they act like and then they go like, oh, why didn't the, why can't flyweights headline a pay per view? And it's like, well, you've conditioned people to view them as preliminary acts. Of course, they can't headline a pay per view. This isn't. I, I'll always say with Demetrius Johnson for sure. Look, listen, there's no world where Demetrius Johnson was going to be like the next, you know, Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey level star. That's fine. But for the UFC, you know, UFC or Dana White to say like, oh, we've done everything in our power to like promote this guy was is just not true. And and the division, just completely untrue. We know that's not true. So listen, I I read out Aaron's argument because listen, I I, I respect Aaron and, and I think there's some point to be made there, but definitely I I wish uh this was on the main card. This was a six fight main card. And really you could pick 
maybe three. Play Guido, Rafa Garcia. It's going to be fun, yep. but that that, sure. that should be in that space. That's a featured prelim. That's a featured them. prelim. That's a featured prelim. Clay Guida and Rafa Garcia. That's a featured prelim. You put that at the top of the prelims. That's the one where like if people who are sort of uh, like, oh, Clay Guida, I know him. I'll just check, tune in a little bit early and make sure I catch everything. You could add that. Definitely uh, Yuan Kuchilaba and Tanner Bruiser and uh, Jacob- Jacoby Merzikanov probably going to be a fun fight. I still would put I still would put that as a, car, a fight that could be replaced by Roy Val Nicolau. So listen, I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit. I'm with you guys. Uh, put flyweights on the main card. Maybe this needs to be the new hashtag. Put flyweights on the main card because it's getting really silly. I like that you yes. called him Tanner Bruiser. That's a He's Tanner one. Bruiser now. He is Tanner Bruiser now. I like it. I'm into it. Yeah. He is ridiculous. Again, uh, any mention of this 205 Tanner Bowser, my internet just goes to, sh- to crap. This is interesting. <laughs> I got to stop bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see if the peeps are going to bring it up. Let's see what they have to say All about right. UFC KC. The question's in And here. we'll bring in KC with his nose bandaged up and... Oh. Looking just way bigger than it was the last time I saw it. Yeah. Look uh, at that. Just keeps growing. Life of a, life of a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Got, got beat up by it. What was the shot that did it to you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I was inspired by Max Holloway. So it was the sixth. So we spar six rounds. And this was the final round of sparring. And it was the last 10 seconds. And I'm going against a one eight, a 22-year-old undefeated 185-er who's about 195 right now, preparing for his fight in two weeks. In the last 10 seconds, you know, I got beat up the first, you know, two and a half minutes, but I was in there still. The last 10 seconds, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go, hey, let's go Max Holloway. I'm just gonna start throwing hooks and just have fun. The last 10 seconds, horrible idea. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I went hook for hook, and I just caught one straight in the face, like so, like, and I had full headgear on it just hit me right in the middle and like yeah and i got dropped hard and i saw the punch coming the whole time i was like "Ooh, this is gonna hurt yeah and it got me so that was the punch so um not sure if it's broken but um and sleeping last night sucked and uh it was a big mess but uh yeah <laughs> to be in that gym where casey's like drawing a fake line in the <laughs> ring pointing at the mat let's go let's go you middleweight <laughs> Uh, I'm, taking, I'm, I'm about 165 right now, but I was like, I don't. Since, and since I'm like, I'm six feet tall, so I'm like, I'm, I'm as tall as the middleweight. So like, hey, go, go into with the middleweights. I'm like, all right, let's do the, do this. And like, yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> well, let's see all what right. the peeps have to say. Yeah, let's do this. So UFC fight card is for the MMA hardcores. Let's. Go. I like this card. I like this card. It's a good card. It's good. Uh, the main event is just a 10 out of 10. Like, the main event's 10, one of my um, most anticipated fights this whole year. Yeah. I, I, I know we said... Oh, go ahead, Casey. No, no. Uh, does anyone know offhand when the last time a men's flyweight has headlined a fight night? Oh. A fight night? Hmm. Is it ever? Luis Lu- Smoka and Patty Hollihan? Ha. No, wow. It can't be that bad. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure there's been no. one since, but uh, Benavidez uh, and Cejudo or something? Benavidez, Cejudo? Or... I'm looking right now. That wasn't the main I, event, I'm though. A few years yeah. back, and I'm not seeing anything. Really? I, I just can't think of one. I'm, I was just kind of. It's probably DJ. In a title, in a title fight, pretty much, right? Kansas City? Say. Yeah. Yeah, when they, put tit- when they gave us three title fights. Oh, yeah, no. Cejudo, yeah. Dilla, Cejudo Dillashaw was technically a title fight. Uh, sorry, technically a fight night, but that was a title fight as well. 
I'm all the way back in 2019 and I still haven't found one. Yeah. It might have been that. Might have been Cejudo Dillashaw. Let me see the comment. But that was a title fight. I I think we we, we mean non-title fight, fight night. Oh, man. I I don't know, man. I don't know. It's probably the women, not the men's. No, so we, we, uh, Aaron Blanchfield oh, has headlined, you know. Yeah, this is true. We got, Jeff, yeah. Just we got Cynthia yeah, Calvillo. Yeah, we got Cynthia Just Calvillo. Guy. Just guys. <laughs> yeah, that's wow, but not the men's, eh? It is incredible. It's crazy. And Brandon Roy Vile is one of the most, without a doubt, one of the most exciting fighters to watch. I, I, regardless yeah. and he of weight, promos. he cut great he cuts promos, promos and. Yeah. Uh, I saw one justification for. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Oh, here it is. Is the reason Royval and Nicolau are on the prelims because they know we can't afford to wait the extra few hours for the year uh-huh. of the Raw Dog Show? That is a great question, yeah. AK. That's good. That's good. Uh, you, you also have to accommodate for different time zones, too. You know, if there's higher up the card, it might be a little too late in some some areas. So this is good. It's both national and international respect for uh, <laughs> celebrating the year of the uh, the raw dog. Uh, listen, I'm uh, I, I Mike, I'm on record. I'm on record. On to the next one, our early season predictions i said yes, somehow i feel to, like I bring this up. yeah i somehow feel like he's gonna end the year as the flyweight champion i'm not sure how i just i have a weird feeling about it and maybe it starts on saturday so i'm all, i'm all in on the this might be the only year 2023 after this i may never utter this phrase again but i i am all in on the year of the raw dog this year the disrespect to put ak's future 2023 ufc champion on the prelims like this mm. hey look if, if you put this maybe it's his nickname cut. Maybe you can't put that on ESPN. You can't put that nickname on ESPN. <laughs> Mainstream ESPN. That's for the internet only. <laughs> Just I don't know if you guys have seen. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I'm looking at it right now because I was curious. The ticket sales for this card not good. Oh, not good. Oh, really? There's a lot of blue. You're telling me this one, sell two, three, three. To end in Kansas City. Oh, dude. Unless they yeah. get about eight thousand people walking up to the door, uh, there's a lot of blue on the main website. I think there's only like six sections in the entire arena that is sold out right now. So. Huh. I wonder yeah, if it's Look, yeah, man, it's, they just won the Super Bowl. They got a lot of stuff going on. That's not too bad. They're doing okay. I'm looking deeper, upper sections. There's a lot of seats left, but yeah, I don't think this is going to be a sellout. Unless you make the decision now to bump this fight to the main card. <laughs> that's the one. That's how that's what saves that be it. All right. Uh, Frankly, they should be putting Tanner Bozer on all these billboards. Do people not understand what's about to happen? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, think, well, I don't think they knew, man. I don't think they knew. Uh, but oh, I know we weren't going to do uh, uh, bangers. I did, I did want to mention a few odd, uh, odds and ends here. Zach Cummings may be fighting for the last time. Zach Cummings may be retiring his first fight in like a thousand days. Uh, he's going out against, at, Ed like, Herman. against Ed Herman. He looks very big and happy. I saw him at the scale. He looked very big and happy. Former so, welterweight fighting at two. Former welterweight. That's right. This so is like a real fight that could happen in yeah. 2012. Dude, I love it. Yeah, in 23. I love it. I love it. Uh, so Zach Cummings, if this is it for you, uh, good. Uh, Jillian Robertson dropping down to 115. Uh, did you guys realize that? I, I didn't realize until a few days ago that this is uh, she is moving down a division for the first time. Has she time. ever been 115 before? She's just, never no. I I want to say she has before the UFC in yeah, her early, UFC, uh, early 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 days, but UFC definitely the first time. Yeah, has not fought. She wants that so, rose fight. Yeah, and she looked good in the scale. She looked good in the scale. She she looked very healthy, very happy. Um so we'll see how that goes. And uh yeah, a lot a lot of little intriguing things here and there. We had one oh, weight no. miss, guys. No no bantamweight fight by the way, guys. No officially no bantamweight fight again. 
Another week without Women. one. Women's bantamweight. W- women's women's bantamweight. Oh. Excuse me. Oh. Dawson Edwards half a pound over. That's a catch weight bout, guys. So, uh, sorry, guys. Once again, the the women's bantamweight trout continues. Also, the, the biggest streak going on this card right now with Lando Venata is is he going to keep doing this this one one again, off again, on again, on again, <laughs> off again thing? He's got to keep it going. He's never had a streak of anything in his UFC career. No. Never, never two wins in a row. Never two losses in a row. Got to win. Amazing. This one. Yeah, that's amazing. Is he, is he? What do we know about his opponent? I know very little. He's very young. Daniel Del Huber. Daniel Del Huber. So, very young. Okay, unproven. so yeah. Yeah, Daniel was Daniel fought Trey Ogden. Uh, let me see. He was. This is in September of last year. Daniel was mm-hmm. like the dude. Everyone was looking at him. He was like, the, I, I don't know if he's the biggest favorite on the card, but he's one of the biggest favorite on the cards. He was the guy that everyone was just like, all right, he's a guaranteed parlay piece because he's definitely oh. going to win, right? And then Trey Ogden beat him, <laughs> and he like killed everybody's parlays. So, uh, in fact. Uh, GC on No Bets Bard bet he called it a revenge bet. He's betting on Lando Venata because <laughs> of that, simply for that because he cost uh, some parlays. So, yeah, he's good. Uh, tremendous upside. Seems like he has a really br- bright future. But as we've talked about many times before, one experience matters, and two, sometimes the lights are just very bright and you're not used to them. And maybe that's what happened with young Daniel. Maybe the apex lights were a little too bright. So I don't know. Maybe he just needed a crowd. We'll see what happens. Let's see if he's he can bounce young. back. But yeah, he's that was only, that was a tough one. A young twenty-three when he when he fought. Yeah, he's twenty-three. UFC matchmaking. UFC matchmaking is so weird. Like he loses to a guy, a tough guy in Trey Ogden, and then instead of saying like let's you know move him back and like fight someone closer to his age and experience level, they're like oh no let's throw him in there with like a much more experienced guy in Lando Venata. Like well, I don't understand the logic. Like maybe he, <laughs> maybe he, just, he kills Lando Venata. I don't know, but it's just so bizarre. Or maybe Lando's got to have a top five most bizarre UFC career going right now. Yes. Like just in terms yes. of the current roster, like this dude debuts against Tony Ferguson and everyone, I think everyone was throwing him in as a, a future title contender. Right. And it's just never happened for him. It's so strange. And, and, and yeah, and those crazy fights against Bobby Green and Matt Favola that wind up being draws and just like, yeah, he's, he, he'll give you hell. He'll give anybody hell on any given night. And then he'll also just lose to anybody on any given night. It's, it's one of the more frustrating careers we've seen in a bit and i think the 45 thing was just a mistake i think that was that was a big mistake yeah Yeah, just yeah i think he admitted as much yeah just yeah that's all that that's all that was um cool uh what underdog wins on saturday so i'm Mm. glad you asked this for us daniels um so shaheen i want to go to you because uh you coined the ufc 287 experience matters mantra and i think that rang true quite a bit and since then a lot of people have brought up certain fights on this card as like the rob fun adrian yanez sort of thing a lot of some people brought up edson barboza versus billy q is one of those fights i don't necessarily think that's the case but there was one fight that i have circled on my card that certainly has those vibes it is the pedro munoz versus chris gutierrez yeah I want to talk yes. about that. That one has those vibes to me because Chris is a good fighter. He's on a great run right now, and he's beat some good guys. Yes, beating Frankie Edgar was a, a nice resume builder for sure. But I just feel like people are forgetting about Pedro Munoz. And this is a guy who fought Sean O'Malley in July, got poked in the eye, was winning, won the first round in a lot of people's scorecards. And now all of a sudden, he is a pretty sizable underdog. To Chris Gutierrez, Chris Gutierrez, a minus 225 favorite 
Pedro Munoz comes back at plus 180. I... I have those vibes with this fight because Pedro is a very good leg kicker. And if you can kick legs very well, one would think you can defend leg kicks very well, even the leg kicks of a guy like Chris Gutierrez. And I just feel like Pedro has been in there with everybody. He's fought the who's who and Chris has got some good wins and fought some tough dudes, but nowhere near the level of competition that Pedro Munoz has. So to me, this fight has those vibes that we had that I had with the Rob font adrian yana's fight maybe not to the same degree but pretty close if there's one fight i could pick on this card that ha- gives you those vibes it's this one your thoughts you know sorry real quick before we talk about it i am kind of sh- i, I kind of I, I forget you know we talked about barboza's murderer's row of type of competition munoz is right up there too Dude, that's what i was he's about right, to say he's right up there too yeah. i'm just i kind of i kind of forgot honestly yeah yeah sorry go on, but i was like yeah yeah <laughs> No, I mean, this is Pedro Munoz since 2017. Rob Font, John Dodson, Brett Johns, Brian Caraway, Cody Garbrandt, Aljo, Frankie, Jimmy Rivera, Jose Aldo, Dominic Cruz, Sean O'Malley. Like, come on, man. That's that's a nice (laughs) list of opponents, man. That's a nice. But I think ultimately, Mike, I agree with everything that you just said there. And so I echo everything you said. I think it's an issue of optics, right? Because you look at just the optics of this fight. Say you don't know anything about either of these guys, you just look at their Wikipedia pages. One guy's 36. He's won like one out of his last six fights, something like that. And he sort of seems like he's on the downward trajectory if you haven't watched those fights, right? Whereas the other guy is Gutierrez is pretty much undefeated in the UFC for the most part outside of his UFC debut. But he looks like someone very much on the upswing, right? Seven wins out of his last eight. Just beat a legend of Frankie Edgar. It looks like the young up-and-comer who's on a hot streak, who's about to just put like really do something terrible to the old vet. But that's if you haven't watched Pedro Munoz. Like Pedro Munoz is 36, but he is still damn good at this whole fighting thing. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that's not an easy night for anybody. So I agree with you 100. To me, if I was picking an underdog, that has whiffs of what we just saw last week. Whiffs of of the Rob Font smell. Uh, I will say too. I'll just throw it out there. Clay Guida can win any fight. Like Clay Guida, you can never count out Clay Guida at this point. Like if Clay Guida goes down. Does some weird stuff and wins a split decision over Havagasira? Are anybody gonna? Is anybody gonna be shocked? Like this dude is just ageless, timeless at this point. It is crazy that he's still doing this. This is a uh, this is an old card. It's a <laughs> real old versus young. This card. card's a lot of old people. On. Um, Munoz thirty six, Barbosa's thirty seven. Uh, what else? Zach Cummings thirty eight, Ed Herman's forty two, Clay Guida's thirty. Uh, Clay Guida's forty one. Goodness. It's a lot of this. It's a lot of it's a lot of this. Jacoby's thir- Jacoby's thirty five. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of thirty five plus fighters on here. Yeah, that's right. Wow, Jacoby's thirty five. Eh. Wow, I forget how long he's been around. Eh. Ed Herman's forty two. <laughs> Ed Herman's still keeping the dream so, alive. It's crazy. Zach Cummings thirty eight. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, I didn't that's realize like, that. Ed is, Herman. This is an old. Yeah, you're right. This is an old. Ed Herman is a, is a is a Ed Herman's a super live dog. I am shocked. Zach Cummings is minus 225. Uh, I like Zach Cummings a lot, but when we're talking about a guy who hasn't fought in uh, two and a half years, he's openly said, I'm probably retiring after this fight. How can he be minus two? Is Ed Herman that, like, I don't even think Ed Herman's that bad. Strike force legend, like, Ed Herman. You will use his full title. <laughs> <laughs> I This is plus what a weird line. Uh, Ed Herman plus 180, but Cummings minus two, a two to one. I like Zach. Zach Cummings should probably not be a two to one favorite against anybody right now this week. I don't know. That's weird. Maybe I maybe I don't know. 
and he's at Cummings smokes them, but I I don't think it's that clear cut. That's a weird <laughs> yeah, one. I think there's a lot of yeah, Cummings and there's Herman a ton of underdog both, potential. Both 0 and one is 0 and one in strike force. <laughs> so that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the Ed Herman strike force chapter is so bizarre. They just needed anybody for Jacare to smash on, and they're like, "Sorry, Ed, you're the one we're calling up for this one." <laughs> <laughs> uh lando's lando's a slight underdog uh brandon roy val's the underdog so people like the year of the raw dog he's a not uh, plus 175 not surprised either matthias nicolau is really good i i don't know i'm picking roy val i don't know why like, when i've been like driving the nicolau's underrated train for like two years but i just think roy val is really good uh yeah muñoz underdog tanner bozer is a slight underdog right now it's essentially a pick em, but he's a slight underdog plus 110 there's a lot, the lot of underdogs the photos though Okay. Yeah. You, you sent the and, photos I'm telling you, it, it's no, I, and we better not because I may want to put some money down on my Canadian boy. Uh, don't gamble on MMA. Draft this kids, is a, uh, this is a must win for Kutalaba, I assume, right? What's that? Three straight losses. Three straight finishes. No. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, he's got three straight finishes. No, 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 no. Ooh, I don't wow. think so. Two oh five is so bad. Two oh five is too shallow. Yeah, two oh five is too shallow to get rid of a guy like him. But also, he's ah. just too wild and too fun yeah. that they give exactly what they what they want from these guys, right? Like he is exactly the action fighter who's going to go out and do something crazy. Win, win or lose, you're going to remember it. I would be stunned if he gets cut, even with another loss. Two oh five is just I not mean, that division. Oh my god, he's, he's become one, two, three, four, five, six. He's yeah. he's been finished, finished, not losses, finished six times. It'll be he'll it'll be seven losses, in, uh, seven, seven, uh, well, sorry, one win in his past eight fights. I think because there's a draw in there too. Like one yeah. win in his past eight fights. I think if he loses again or doesn't win on Saturday, that's tough. Yeah, it kind of depends on the E1 we get. If we get E1 Kuchalaba, that's one thing. But if we get D1 Kuchalaba. That's another thing because we've been getting that quite a bit over his last few fights. So, but that might be his path to victory. Yeah, but okay. I'm just did he tell? Did he? He's not doing the green makeup thing anymore, right? That's kind of a bummer. Uh, Okay, last time there's there's ceremony. Why is it a bummer? Why why is it a bummer? No, you're saying it's a bummer. He doesn't. You're saying it's a bummer. He doesn't do it anymore. He doesn't do it, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. He did did that his last. Oh, gotcha. It's a bummer. He's not sorry. How dare somebody do something? Oh no, no, sorry. (laughs) Listen, Kansas City. There are ceremonials. There are ceremonials at uh, five ET two Pacific time. So listen, there's there's a chance. There's a chance uh, we see some some green uh, Yuan Kuchalaba. Is there anything in the in the rules and regulations that says he can't fight in the green makeup? There has to be. (laughs) There very much is. (laughs) We should get that Uh, amended, though. I'm I'm here for more face paint in Octagon face paint. Okay. And and I guess last question. I think this has already been settled, but. Best Hawaiian fighter, Max Holloway or BJ Penn? It's Max. It's, It's Max, right? It's Max. BJ no. was like the the pioneer, but Max is I think the greatest. BJ BJ is the more important historical figure. He is yeah. the the guy that will still like ultimately like I don't know I don't know how to frame it, but he is the more important historical figure. But Max yeah. is the better fighter. Like he is he yeah. will have the better. Oh, life. definitely yes. And and also I don't expect Max to hang around as long if he hit if he hit like a BJ Penn. Stretch of futility. I think he would know when to call it a day. Um, BJ's legacy is, was it, it's definitely hurt by the how how it's ended. 
it's definitely for her by how it's ended. I mean, that's it's you can't ignore it. Oh. You can say, well, let's cut it off at like the last Matt Hughes fight and just look at that. It's hard. It's hard to ignore everything that happened after. Yeah. Also, Max isn't losing fights at like a Hawaiian bar. Not oh, yet. You know, not yet. Late, late, late 30s. <laughs> oh, like so street fights. Yeah. I think Max, like if we're talking like start to finish, it's Max, but the the BJ Penn run from like 2007 to 2010 before he lost the title to Frankie, I don't know if Max has beaten that run. Where oh, that, I don't yeah, think at any a, point. That's just a legendary run. You can't. Yeah, that, like yeah, that, BJ Penn. BJ Penn was the best fighter on planet Earth for for like three years. BJ's so, peak was higher. BJ had a better. Oh, apex. for sure. Max Definitely. had a better career. I would say. Yep. There I you go. With that. Thank that's you, it. So, so smart. The wise wordsmith. That's why he's got the the nickname. All right, I think we're good, right? Anything else, AK? Yeah, no. Oh, thumbs up. All right, that's the sign. Oh, wait, we never got an AK rating for the card. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll give it quick. It was like 8.5, 8.6. I like this card. I like this card. And, 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 you know, and for reference, like normally I say a pay-per-view starts at like a nine. If, if it's like a pay-per-view with two or three decent fights at the top, it like starts at a nine. So fight nights, degree of difficulty a little bit lower I'll, I'll go 8.5 8.6 again and and, and, I, and i'm optimistic it can hit that number I, I think it can hit that number uh you'd have to have some really bad luck i think for for this it is a lot of fights i will say it is a 14 fight card so there there could be some drag there could be some drag in there i'm not gonna lie uh i'm not expecting every there to be like a, a huge run of finishes but um i'll uh, you know friends of positivity 8.5 8.6 okay there we go now you can hit the music yeah now it feels right. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Seems like perfect for a Max Holloway fight card, you know? This is just the right vibe. Babyface Max Holloway music. Oh, no. Wrong music. Wrong music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that's not right music either. Yes. <laughs> the uh, pod listeners have no idea what's going on, but. Yes. There's it's another good, Tanner Bozier's back on content. the screen. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. So thank you very much. Uh, Jed Mishu is actually in Kansas City right now. So we get some boots on the ground. Ooh. Get excited about that. And we'll be back tomorrow. People's pre-fight show 30 minutes before the first fight begins. I believe it is me and Casey. So bring your questions on. If we didn't get to them today, we will get to them tomorrow. Then we'll enjoy the card. We'll have a post-fight show. And AK and I will be back on Sunday for another rousing edition of On to the Next One. So for Shaheen, Casey, AK, I am Mike Heck. Big shout out to Calvin Cater for joining us for the first segment. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Get excited. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.